We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. To be honest, I would put myself in the same category as D-Wade. Now Artest has jumped over the scorer's table. Artest is in the stands. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. When I go to the writers to tell me who can guard in this league, I'll put a gun to my own head. Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, sponsored by Prediction Strike. It's Friday, September 25th, 2020. Alex Berutha here. Across from me, Shannon McEwen. On the line, Ken K. Train Christ. All aboard! Today, we're going to talk playoff games and the 2020. We're going to do a point guard barometer. Uh, but this will be our final Friday podcast of the season. Oh, getting emotional. Uh, if you haven't already, we would appreciate a nice review on the iTunes store, whatever, whatever site you use, Spotify, Stitcher, and, follow, and if download you've hung with us this long. God bless God. you. God Ooh. bless you. Can't That's even important. imagine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving out a virtual hug to the remaining people still listening to this. Big I'm, sure they would, I'm sure they would appreciate a virtual bourbon more, but there's only so much <laughs> we can do. You're right. I'm getting poured a virtual bourbon. There you go. Gentlemen. Enjoy. 
The Lakers and Nuggets played yesterday. The Lakers went up 3-1 via a 114-108 win. Nuggets covered the spread. LeBron, 26 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists, 8 assists. I can't talk. Obviously looked good. Dwight Howard got the start, went 20 and or excuse me, 12 and 11. He double-doubled in the first half, put Jokic in foul trouble. Shannon, do you have any faith in the Nuggets to pull off a 3-1 miracle? They're 16 to 1 to come back in this series. I don't expect them to, but you know, they've, they've been extremely competitive last night. was another competitive game. I expect that to continue to be the case, but coming, coming down, I mean, coming back from three, one, they've already done it twice. <laughs> twice. This season, <laughs> yeah. Dude, you can't thing. say it's impossible. No, it's not impossible, but I would be, I think it's highly unlikely that they do it, especially when you consider how great Anthony Davis is playing. Yeah. You know, when you, when you've got LeBron doing what he does and then Davis, kind of reaches this another level, at least as far as postseason play goes. What if this ankle ankle injury is an issue for Davis? That was an awkward. He didn't look good when he was down at the end of the game. Yeah, I was trying to spread some. But it could happen, right? That could be bad. You're right. I mean, he's playing 39 minutes a game in this series. Um, You know, the ankles start hurting after a while, assuming it's, you know, at least sore. Um, he's had plenty of injuries throughout these playoffs throughout his career. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. I don't think it would be like the thing that swings the series. Like, I don't, I don't think from, from what it seems like he's probably fine. So if we're sitting here, I guess we won't be sitting here, but if collectively we as NBA fans are sitting here a week from now being like, how'd the nuggets come back again? I don't think it's because of Anthony Davis's ankle having a boo-boo. Um, very odd yeah, that Davis he'll... went like six quarters and only got one rebound. He finally rebounded in the second half last night, but just odd. Yeah, he wasn't he and, getting boards. He and Jokic both, I think, are just kind of like canceling each other out because Davis, six and a half rebounds per game in the series. Jokic, seven and a half rebounds per game in the series. Um, so it's, I think it's just a lot of like they're they're boxing out. Other people are just running in, grabbing the rebounds. Um so we had Jokic kind of have another muted game as well. Um, only let me see here. Finished with 16 points, seven boards, four assists, yeah. steals. But yeah, for your star, only 13 shot attempts. We it's it's tough. Dwight Howard got a better game on him. And we I it, it seemed like early when we were analyzing the series that I mean, he was coming off of the series against the Clippers, right? Where they only had Zubach and Harrell, neither of whom are legitimate defenders. And he was tearing them up, averaging 13 boards a game. Felt like he was getting anything he wanted. They would double. He would pass. It was the perfect series for him. This is a series where the Lakers don't have to double. And they can really kind of, it's a, it's a really tough matchup for Jokic. Shannon, a point guard. You think the Nuggets should get Harris out of the starting lineup and put Morris back in? No, I don't. I, I think this team for them to win, you need you need you need Harris to contribute, and you need Jokic to play better than he did last night. You know, he he needs to play at peak form, and Harris needs to be a contributor. I think that's the the optimal version of of the current Nuggets roster. You know, obviously Will Barton's absence is big as well, but they need Harris to to be a contributor, He's and they need they, awful. 
Yeah, he has been awful. Yeah, I agree. But I think the only only way they actually beat the Lakers is if he isn't awful, uh, and Jokic plays at peak form. I was, you know, Porter had. Oh, go ahead, Alex. Sorry. I was to say I was shocked because this is sort of a sidebar, but Nick and I did a best bets article yesterday for the for the site where there was a prop on DraftKings where who was going to score more points, Contavious Caldwell Pope or Gary Harris. <laughs> And the, and the ages. KCP was only a minus one thirteen favorite. And I was like, is this this is one that this feels like one of the easiest bets I've ever seen. Um obviously came to fruition there. What were you gonna say, Ken? I was gonna say uh Porter's stat line looked good, but as we've discussed in the past, man, his defense was terrible last night. Just terrible. Yeah, he uh he's just not a good defender. He doesn't and, and like it's not instinctual. Like he doesn't know how no. the switches work, but he also sometimes guys are kind of lost, but at least try to make up with it with some effort. You know, they wave their arms around. At least they're running around. And he's like both not doesn't know where to go and doesn't put in the extra effort. <laughs> you know, he it's, care, it's it, he just he cares more about getting the defensive rebound than he does getting the defensive stop. Yeah, because he's always yeah. crashing. It's easier. Ball. Which if there's anything we learn, if there's anything we learn at Rotowire pickup games, way easier to go for the board than to play the D up on your man. (laughs) That's the Ken Kreitz. Every time down the floor approach. (laughs) Good news about Porter and his lack of uh, ability on defense at this time is he's, he's got the, he has the athleticism to be a Uh, decent, you know, the length, everything else to be a, defensive presence or at least hold his own. And you have to look at his lack of experience, not just it's his first NBA season, you know, first, yeah, first time playoffs. getting game action. Uh, and then also he didn't have much experience in college. Even he, he almost play, none. How, how do you, yeah. how many games did he play? Two and a half games. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Good point. So good point. he's a young 22 years old. Frankly. He is a very, yeah. Ken, what stood out to you about the Lakers effort? Two things. First of all, playoff Rondo is a thing. I, you know, I know it gets overused, but that is a thing. Rondo. First of all, Rondo. I love those like teardrop high off the glass runners. He somehow hits, but I don't, I don't know what it is. Is it motivation or guile and experience, but playoff Rondo is a thing. And I'd love to have him on any playoff roster. Even, even when he can't shoot though he can shoot nowadays. And then as impressive as LeBron's offensive stats were, he almost had another triple double loved him ding up Jamal Murray and essentially almost shutting him down for the fourth quarter. I saw somewhere uh, on Twitter that James did not give up a field goal to any guys he was guarding during the fourth quarter, which to me, like that's, that's how you win is when your stars play great defense as well as produce on the offensive end. And it's the old defense wins championships. Uh, LeBron's D last night on Murray was great. It was, uh, yeah. Rondo and Dwight Howard led the Lakers in offensive rating in last night's game. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Playoff Rondo, baby. Like it's 2010 or something. Uh, it's insane. Uh, Dwight Howard's. Rondo- Rondo, look, don't you think Rondo's like 87 years old? <laughs> Every time he comes out, like, 
man, he's still playing. That's great. He's five years younger than me and I could still play in the NBA. So (laughs) (laughs) Shannon, a spry 39. Well, Rondo got a lot of really good experience, like a really young age. And he was very smart before that in terms of being a, he's the opposite of Porter, right? Good Kentucky experience. Amazing (laughs) rookie rookie, uh, and young career at the, the Celtics. Yeah. Um, we talked about the Anthony Davis injury, so let's move on Ken to what will be game five tonight. Oh boy. Heater up three to one Celtics favored three and a half with an over under of 213 bam will play despite that weird end of game left arm issue. I watched that replay like 10 times. I still can't see how bam hurt his arm, but clearly he did. Did you guys do you guys understand that injury? It didn't make any sense to me. He just not quite, but yeah. we again at Roto hoops. We all know ghost injuries happen. Right. Frequently. <laughs> he just right. looked down. And you're like, my arm is broken. I think right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's true. Is Tyler is the 20 year old Tyler hero going to stay this hot? My goodness. 37 points in game four. The only other 20 year old or younger guy to score 37 or more points in a playoff game was magic Johnson. That's pretty good. Pretty good company for hero there. Uh, Shannon, you've picked the heat to win this series. Well, before the series even started, has anything, is there anything surprising to you in this series? Uh, hero is really the most surprising part. Uh, you know, he, he's been, he's been solid for the heat all year. Like I said, I thought it was weird that he didn't get more rookie of the year votes and finished over higher than his teammate, uh, Kendrick Nunn. Um, but the team has just relied on him more and more as the playoffs have gone on. You know, he's, he's averaging over 35 minutes per game in the series against Boston. And he's earned every single one of those minutes. I mean, yeah, those pa- the past two, ga- past two games, he shot, he's had 39 attempts from the floor the past two games, just insane playing really well. He's been the difference. Um, and I, he's, the, he's exhibit it. a in my, he's exhibit a in my, uh, NBA award should include the playoffs. You know, like if they voted now on first team rookie or after the champion, after the finals, he'd be hands down first team rookie. He would be, he would be, I think there's an argument for him over Eric Pascal on the first team, but absolutely shining on a terrible <laughs> squad versus huge minutes in a Eastern conference finals day and night. Or night and day. Yeah. I mean, you just, you'd expect if, if the heat are winning before the series started, if the heat, you know, you know, the heat are going to win, they're going to beat the Celtics. You'd say, okay, Jimmy Butler, Mm -hmm. Jimmy Butler must've had just a gigantic series and he's been good. He's been good. Or you'd say, oh, Dragic and Robinson must've lit it up from three. Like Tyler hero staying on fire was maybe my third or fourth reason that he win this, not the first or second. Butler Butler's averaging 19, six and a half, three and a half couple steals. So he's fourth on the team in scoring. Yeah. He's, he's only been okay. He's not doing what he normally does or what he did all season long um, or or past seasons, you know, with the bulls it's, it's that team concept that, that the heat have um, and and the Celtics have that too. Uh, You know, they both are just really well coached teams, but it's, it's, they're similar. Tyler, They're similar Tyler squads. Hero. They really are. Well, and Bam, though. The big difference is Bam. They like, I like Daniel them. Tice, but Daniel Tice is no Bam. 
Bam. That was my big fear coming into this as the shameless Celtics homer. Uh, Bam dominated him in the regular season, especially in that seeding game. And it hasn't stopped at all in these four playoff games. Daniel Tice is no Todd McCullough. (laughs) (laughs) No Christian Wood. No Bill Lambeer. Yeah, these those are all true statements. Like that's yeah. not that's not even a that's not, you're not even making a joke. I mean, what's I, the uh, you know the Twitter feed uh, that's from the Florida radio show? Uh, he looks like yeah. Uh, oh, Josh, I'm blanking on the DJ's name. Uh, um, anyway, somebody posted Daniel Tice looks like he'd do an awesome job uh, detailing your Camaro. <laughs> I thought that was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he looked he looked really good against a washed Marcus all. And when the yeah. Raptors are running out Siakam at center, I mean, uh, he looks really but, good for what little <laughs> they pay him, you know, and for when he has he has no name, you know, he has a moments that look great for a no name guy. But that's kind of the weakness. now. Well, you know, saying he's not Bam. Well, yeah, there's only, you know, Celtics fans seconds. are going to. Celtics fans are going to look back at this lost opportunity. We, we said it by back in January, February, they need to get a big man. If they yeah. get a big man, this, they, they could have skated to a championship. If they got a, a, like a good big man who can actually make an impact there. They, I don't know who it would have been. It was very weird. Could, Stevens did not play Cantor in game three. I'm sorry. In game four. Uh, after he had a really good game three, you know, and I don't understand his, when he decides to go with time Lord versus Cantor off the bench, but they're getting, uh, I don't know why Cantor has this great game three and they decide not to play him at all in four. I didn't quite get that at all, but yes, a trade deadline move to sure up the center position would, would really have been helpful right now. I'm trying to remember. Who were the centers sort of available at the trade deadline come February? Yeah. It's a long time ago. It was a long time ago. It was like a whole nother season. So Andre I, Drummond. Drummond. Drummond was available. It's true. Well, they didn't have the resources Cleveland did. No. No. <laughs> they didn't have Brandon Knight sitting around. <laughs> and John Henson. And John exactly. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah, I okay. I I think I think Bam has been the best player for the, for the heat, just like the way he's averaging 22 and 11, four and a half assists, two steals and a block. That's but, but the way he runs Giannis the offense numbers. at the elbow, the way he yeah. runs the offense at the elbow is so impressive. And, and you know, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with Van Gundy. It drives me nuts when the Celtics try to bust the z- heat zone and the guy who catches the ball at the foul line doesn't even look at the rim. I don't understand that. Like they've got so many easy foul line jumpers, but the guy, whether it's smart or whoever's playing center at the time, or even Jalen Brown, they kind of panic and they're worried about the zone coming to them versus just turn or pivot, at least look, be a scoring threat and then decide to pass. Uh, maybe yeah, they'll figure it out tonight though. Everyone yelled at Tatum for taking too many mid rangers, but if you're open from 17 feet, busting a zone, just shoot the 17 footer. Well, our, you the know, foul line, you know, what, what's that? 10, 11 feet. You know, that's a, that's a, that's a quality jumper. That, you know, uh, I don't know, but yeah, yeah we're, 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 we're with each other out. So I hear you. 
Bam is averaging 21 and a half, 11, four and a half, two steals, 1.3 blocks. What's he shooting? Uh, What's he four shooting? names. He, 60. Yeah, 60%. Yeah, solid. Yeah. Well, how many of those are dunks? You know, like, yeah. Right. Yeah. And Bam's killing. Yeah, 70, 73% from free throw line. So Bam, Bam is 23. Hero's 20. This yeah, team is for a while. They're going to be around good. for a while. Um, they also only have 42 turnovers, the Miami heat, the whole series, oh, which is Celtics an incredible have, stat. I don't know how many of the Celtics have, but it's way too many. 63. It's so, so panicky. Actually, I was thinking the best thing about Hayward's return is the lower turnovers, but, uh, well, Hayward's yeah. theoretically a zone buster too, right? Cause he's, yeah. he has size, yeah. he can handle, he can shoot, but yeah. And he, he's, he's been an improvement, but they, uh, they, they look like a team in game four that just wanted to get out of the bubble Maybe the Brianna Taylor news just shook them too much, but they were just, they just looked bad game four. And that, frankly, it was amazing. They still had a chance to win it with a couple minutes left. Yeah, it is. It is surprising. I think, I don't know. Maybe they just, I think sometimes you realize you're not going to beat a team. Um, and that's just really tough. But I looked on the, the DraftKings Sportsbook. Boston's still only plus 400 to come back and win the series, which I thought was a shocking number. I wouldn't bet that. Like, that seems like too low. Like I would want like 10 to one or something, but there's still a lot of faith in Boston. I don't know if that's because DraftKings is an East coast company, but like (laughs) Boston and there's a lot of Boston fans. It's like Boston and LA fans. They'll bet on anything. Right. But, um, there's still some faith in Boston. I don't, I don't have it. But. It's been a very competitive series. So I, I get it. I, I think there should be it. And it, of course those betting lines, it's because people are going to back Boston, right? right? They're one of the more popular teams in the NBA, but it's been a really competitive series and it wouldn't take much. I mean, all you need is, you know, if heroes off a game and you don't have Duncan Robinson, step it up and hitting four or five threes that game Celtics can easily win. And I, I don't, there, it's not a given that hero or Robinson or one of these other guys for the heat step up every single game. So yeah, it is still, it's still a series, but it would be extremely surprising if Boston won. They well, something to think about for, uh, you know, we talk about, we get out at the NBA draft. Tyler hero was the number 13 pick one pick before the Celtics who then got Romeo Langford. Slightly different production from those players this year. A little bit. Another um, boss that could do about it, but just like we were one pick away from Tyler Hero being a Celtic. Uh, weird too, because the whole Boston MO, I would have assumed that Hero is like a top five on their board. Okay, <laughs> what what are you implying, Shannon? <laughs> <laughs> my, my final point, which was to Shannon's original point. Both of these teams have scored exactly 441 points in the series. Yeah. They have the same exact amount of points. It's dead even right now. So he, the heat are up three, one, but the series is technically tied from a points perspective. Boston really needed, really should have won one of those first two. They just couldn't play a full four quarters in a very frustrating manner. Yeah. All right. Well, Alex, uh, is there any news we need to know about from these non bubble teams that are starting mini camps already for next season? Not, not like a ton of breaking, hard hitting news, but Pistons, for example, uh, they're apparently experimenting with Luke Kennard at point guard. Christian Wood is also not attending. Um, is, there, is he a free agent? Is that why is he? I believe he's a free agent. Um, so, you know, no reason for him to specifically attend the, the Pistons mini camp. He can work out on his own. 
um, try to land a job with like the Charlotte Hornets or something where he's going to play 40 minutes a game. Uh, and then for golden state, like we got <laughs> Kevin Looney is healthy. It's just like stuff like that's coming out of mini camp. So if you can keep an eye on that, you've got me reporters of, that need words, but don't necessarily have news. Yeah. Um, like Kevin Porter is expected to have a bigger role, you know, stuff like that. Um, okay. So Kevin Porter hype always gets big this time of year. (laughs) (laughs) Always. (laughs) So we have, we have some words from our friends at prediction strike. They are a fantasy sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. Ever heard someone say I've had stock in that player since day one. Well, now says that all the time. Shannon says that all the time. I've had stock in Bruce Brown since day one. (laughs) He's a Swiss army knife. He's a four position player. Prediction strike makes that a real possibility. Did you have stock in Patrick Mahomes, his rookie year? You knew this would happen. Now it's a reality. Create a portfolio of all your favorite athletes. Get closer to the game than ever before to get started. Simply visit predictionstrike.com to create an account and then deposit funds to buy, sell, and hold shares of your favorite players, just like you would real stocks. Each game is like an earnings report. If a player beats his projections, his stock moves up. It's that easy. You can trade your shares of players at any time, as long as the player isn't currently in a game. Get started today by visiting predictionstrike.com and sign up with code ROTOWIRE to get an additional $10 with your first deposit of $20 or more. Again, that is code R O T O W I R E to get an additional $10 worth your first deposit of $20 or more. I have a serious, before we move on, I have a serious prediction strike question for Shannon. Shannon, who on the Pistons would you invest in for your portfolio at prediction strike? Oh, man. Seiku. Seiku Dumbuya. Dumbuya. Yes. Say the whole name. Seiku Dumbuya. Come on, of course. But I want to talk about Bruce Brown, all right? Over the final 15 <laughs> games of the season, Bruce Brown averaged 25 fantasy points per game. I like Bruce Brown. He he is a he's very good perimeter defensive player. He has good size for a guard, good strength, decent enough length. He's solid, man. That's why it's so why isn't he why he, isn't he your portfolio addition on prediction strike? Because his name is Bruce, man. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Bruce is out there. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I don't think he's anything more than what we we've seen from him so far. Uh, that's why he's just the a Sheik, quality. Seiku break out this year. Are you saying say, no, say, say, I'm not saying he breaks out this year, but is he, low, a, is he a future MVP candidate? Probably, probably <laughs> not, not, not in 2021. Yeah. 2023. Seiku is Seiku is uh, he's not even he's only 19. He turns 20 in like three months. All right. He showed some flashes last year. He played pretty good in the G League. Um, pretty French. good. In the G League. Because yeah, he's he French, had, I assume he's late to the basketball versus soccer and or sorry, football. And it's more popular. All right. We can we can go through and look at how many 19 year olds had a 40 point fantasy game last season. And it's going to be few and far between. There's not many of them. Seiku did. I don't even know how far Jay Barrett did. He might have. He probably did. He had to. He had to have. But yeah, no, I do. I do like Seiku long term. I think he's going to. I think he's got it. So our main topic. 38 point fantasy game. 
Not on DraftKings. 40 points on DraftKings. Okay, I was looking Fandle. Anywho, take reel us back in, Alex. Sorry, I was just want. I just sorry for that uh, prediction a, strike. It's it's yeah, the last. It's the last pod. We'll just go wherever we want, <laughs> talk for as long as we want. Assume nobody's listening anymore. I have this rash. Seiku Seiku <laughs> scored twenty four points in a win over the Boston Celtics Ooh, on yeah, January. 15th, I remember that. I remember that. That was one of their worst games of the season. The only would, thing that could derail Seiku's so rookie of the year. The only thing that could derail Seiku's rookie of the year campaign was COVID. I mean, he had it in the bag. Oh. It was his. <laughs> <laughs> oh, reel us back in, Alex. What's our main topic for the pod today? Our main topic is garbage point guards like Morant, who did not deserve to win the rookie <laughs> of the year. Seiku Dumbuya. Um Point guard barometer for 2021. Basically, the gist here is we each pick one point guard that we think is going to trend up. One you might say we should buy stock in at prediction strike. One that seems to be trending down. One that I would be selling stock of if I had. So uh, I'm going to start. I think this is kind of an obvious pick. Jamal Murray. Um, we kind of been waiting for the past couple seasons for him to kind of have a breakout and it's, it's happening right now in the playoffs, which doesn't really help anybody's fantasy teams anymore. <laughs> but, uh, I think you, his, his ADP is going to go up very significantly. I think you have to look at him as a, almost a lock for 20 points a game in these playoffs. He's averaging 27 with splits of 51, 47, 89 with six and a half assists, the pick and roll, the pick and pop, the pick and whatever with him and Jokic, is on another level, despite uh, Michael Parker Jr. saying it's uh, too. It's, they run it too much. Uh, it's what got them here, and I think I think just next season, Murray's just going to roll this over, and he's going to continue averaging. He could, I mean, he could average twenty five a game pretty easily. You know, um, here's my here's my devil devil's advocate on that. Uh, go Alex. ahead. Would I like Jamal Murray to be on the Celtics? Of course I would, but. From a fantasy standpoint, I think the talent's always been there with Murray. I think it's just a desire to take over the game or not. And I think during the regular season, I don't know if the desire is there 82 games a year. Like, I think he's always been this good. Sure. He's just, I think it's more of a motivation issue or maybe just a polite deferral to his other teammates. But uh, I'm just not convinced he's going to be, you know, want to take over games like this every day in the regular season. And as you touched on the, the helium on him heading into drafts is going to be huge after you, you can't possibly get better exposure than what he's getting now. Yeah, he is going to have crazy helium. He was probably going to go, you know, pre pre bubble pre playoffs. He was probably going to go in like the fifth round. Uh, maybe, fourth, maybe the end yeah. of the fourth, yeah. uh, you know, that late fourth, early fifth r- range. Now, I mean, he's, I would argue he's a third round, probably a late third round pick. I mean, you have guys yeah. like De'Aaron Fox, Mike Conley, who might've went ahead of him before the bubble. And now I think there's no way. I mean, you're definitely not picking Mike Conley before Jamal Murray, De'Aaron Fox. I think there's an argument to be made, uh, but the, the helium will, will give Jamal Murray the edge in my opinion. It'll be tough on da- uh, draft day whether to choose between D'Angelo Russell and Jamal Murray. 
Yeah. And that's one of the, that's my guy who I think is trending up. Uh, I just believe D'Angelo Russell in Minnesota, you know, with his buddy cat will have, you know, he bounced around a little bit. He had his struggles with the Lakers. Then he went to Brooklyn, broke out some moved on to golden state where, you know, the golden state situation was a mess yeah. all last season. Um, now he's in Minnesota, you know, in theory, he he's in his, in a, a nice landing spot for him. They don't, he doesn't have any competition for minutes at the point guard spot. He's going to be the, the clear second option behind a big man. And I just think he can really explode and provide a third round value. And there's a good chance you might be able to get him a little bit lower than that. Yeah. I think having towns there will, will help him a lot. The, the amount of, I mean, I just assume they're going to run pick and roll, pick and pop the entire game. Cause what other offense even is there? For I mean, let, let's compare it to some other guys who go in the same range or, or so Chris Paul, uh, John wall, John Morant, Kyle Lowry. I'm picking D'Angelo over all of those guys next year. The only, the only one that gives me pause is John Morant, but yeah. I, I, I think D'Angelo is a no doubt, you know, early, early third round pick. I agree. I think he's going to have a great season. Uh, Ken, who is your stock up point guard? Uh, Freddie Van Fleet. He is, I've always loved Van Fleet and he is a free agent heading into this season. So he's going to star somewhere wherever he signs, be it with the Pistons, the Knicks, maybe the Spurs. So, you know, still playing somewhat second fiddle to Kyle Lowry. He got 14 plus field goal attempts per game last year, but I think that's only going to go up with whoever, whatever bad teams gives him a lot of money to join. Uh, so I see him ballooning in value. Uh, but where do you two stand on Freddie Van Vliet? I agree with you, Ken. Um, yeah. I, I, I've mentioned multiple times that I hope that I, I, kind of expect the Pistons to go after him. I don't know if they'll actually get him. Um, I mean, Van Fleet, the, the opportunity in all likelihood, no matter where he lands, even if, even if he ends up staying in Toronto, I feel like he'll take on more of a, a bigger role kind of like he did in the playoffs this year. Um, but I, I would say next year, we're just going to conti- continue to see that upward tra- trajectory for him. And, you know, he went from 11 points per game to 17 and a half this year. I expect him to be somewhere in that 20 point per game, you know, 19, 20 points per game range next year, whether he's with Toronto or a new team, because whoever's paying him, whoever pays him a ton of money is going to want to run him out there. The, the one, you know, so the opportunity, the usage I think will be there regardless of his landing spot. But the one caveat is his, his efficiency has to improve. You know, he's been stuck at like 41% and 38%, 39% from downtown the past couple of years for him to really uncork and hit like all-star caliber numbers, he needs to be more efficient. Yeah. I don't, I don't see him hitting all-star numbers, but I do see him improving his value. And somewhat I feel like just undervalued every year in every auction. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, w- I would love to see him on a bad team where he just launches up 18 shots a game and like <laughs> eight of those from three, but I mean, it, he, he makes more sense. I think as like a second or a third option. Yeah. I mean, 2.7 threes a game this year and 6.6 assists, which is 1.9 steals. Yeah. Heck of a lot. Yeah. Heck of a lot of assists considering Lowry's in the backcourt with him most of the time. 
Yeah, he's a really good player. Uh, the, two st- the almost two steals a game. That's delicious. It is. I think some people will be scared of him, think he might be like this year's Terry Rozier. Uh, yeah. Switching teams, you know, a guy who had some yeah. helium switch teams, but there there's, you know, there are a few things with one. I think Van Fleet's a much better scorer than Terry Rozier. Like he can become more efficient and two, wherever he lands is not going to have Devonte Graham. Right. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, well, Alex, who are you down on this year? Or next yeah, season, well, Hold on, it's Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. Kyrie is going to presumably be there for a full season. Who knows if he can stay healthy? But Durant's going to be there. Lavert had a great breakout. I just think, like, all these guys. There's not enough shots, you're saying. There are not enough shots. Yeah, these four guys are not going to average, a, like, he, they're not going to all average 20 points a game. That's what Spencer Dinwiddie did. He was averaging, like, 20 points, six assists. I just don't think that's going to be available to him. I think he'll be a great six man for them. Um, even though he tweets about, being, oh, so did, didn't he say the big four? Is he referencing himself as part of a big four for I Brooklyn? I was like, well, pump the brakes there, Spencer. I know you're trying to push your Bitcoin salary, but come on. Yeah. He's learning about Twitter from Kyrie, which is scary. <laughs> which is terrible. But this is, this is with the caveat that he stays in Brooklyn, because I think if he gets shipped somewhere else in a good situation that he could have a better season than he had this year, assuming he gets shipped to again, like a team like the Knicks or whatever. Um, but is he, wait, is, always, he free, is he a free agent this year or you're no, no, he's not. So but, why would they, why would they deal him? Is there, have I missed rumors? I didn't, uh, they would deal him either for just depth or more top end talent. Because he's a bargain contract. I mean, he's thirty-five million over three years. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's he's a fine contract. Yeah. I just you just never know because like if they can get in the Bradley Beal sweepstakes or uh, yeah, something yeah. like that, then you know they got to keep their options. I mean, he had lengthy stretches this past season where he was the number one option in Brooklyn. Yeah, and you know if right Brooklyn's default. healthy, yeah, yeah, by default, I, I mean, kind of by default, he was damn good, but. If Brooklyn's healthy, he's the number four option at best. Like he's, he's behind, like you said, Katie, Kyrie yeah. and Levert. Those are the three, uh, the, their three main pieces moving forward. Dinwiddie averaged 20 and a half, 6.8 assists, 3.5 rebounds. His efficiency wasn't that great. Uh, 31% from downtown, 41 and a half percent from the floor. Um, his efficiency has been an issue. For, for some of his career. I mean, he, he had a couple seasons of 44% every other seasons down. I, I, I agree. He, his, he is trending in the wrong direction. Anyone who drafts him based on nine, you know, 2019, 2020 stats is not going to get what they want I, unless he moves to a different team. I mean, he has to move to a scenario where he's, you know, one of the top two or three options. I think, can I think I, you draft him. Whine? Can I just whine how much yeah. I miss the Kenny Atkinson Brooklyn Nets? I loved the Kenny Atkinson Brooklyn Nets. The fact that the thinking that you could just out hustle teams and take all these guys off the scrap heap, the Joe mm-hmm. Harris's, the Spencer Dinwiddie's and turn them into stars. I love the old Kenny Atkinson Nick Nets. I hate this current incarnation. You miss that Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Oh, beautiful. When everyone was like, is this guy actually good? And turns out he's not. <laughs> Uh, um, yeah, I think it's drafting... made it happen. 
I think if you're drafting Dinwiddie, you draft him based on last year's production where he averaged like 16 points, five assists in 27 minutes. But he, he was the 118 Irving out games that last year production. Yeah. He was a 118th ranked player two years ago per game. This season, he was 90th. So again, he'll probably, I don't know, I don't know where he'll go. Cause maybe people have the same reasoning that I do, but I would not draft him in the first 10 rounds of a fantasy draft. Probably there's just guys with higher upside that you could get in round 10. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to switch up uh, for my trending down point guard. I'm I'm going off the board. I'm going off of what I had written down, what I had pre-planned, and I'm going Kemba Walker. Whoa! Uh, you're just trying to antagonize me. No, I'm really not, I, dude. We we have these playoff results. We know what we know now. I mean, it, are is Boston getting rid uh, getting rid of uh, any of their other players? They, you know, uh, I, Gordon Hayward is he going anywhere? It, I know is where you're going. Yeah, Jalen Brown going Spencer anywhere? Is Mark Dunn- Smart going? Anywhere? Yeah, it's the dimwitty. It's, it's the dimwitty scenario where is he? He's not the top option that he's used to being. If we did, if we did a draft back, let's let's say like April first. You know, let's say pre bubble, we did a draft. Kemba would have still gone probably in the mid to late second round. Um, he would have been a top thirty pick, absolutely. Really high floor. Yes. Now. After looking at how he's played in the playoffs, in the bubble, I I would take most of these guys we've been talking about. I would take D'Angelo Russell over Kemba Walker. I I just sure. I can't justify. It. I mean, how many thirty point games does Kemba Walker have in the playoffs? Uh, one, zero. one, one thirty point game. How many times has he reached double digit assists? Once like he, he just doesn't do, yeah. no, he's not, he's not the 25 point he's, he's six per assist game. guy. And and to your point per game, this past season per yeah. per game. Cause he was injured. Uh, he was guard 18. Um, yeah. 43rd overall. Yeah. Fantasy. Yeah. So still, still a good player. You know, he averaged yeah. 20 and five. Okay. That's great. Right. But you, he basically was still drafted as that guy who averaged 25 and six in Charlotte, you know, prior to the 2019, 2020 season. And he yep. wasn't trending down too much before the bubble in the playoffs. You know, again, I still think he would have been a top 30 pick if the season ended on March 18th, March 15th, whatever the date was today, though, I look at it and I'm not, I'm not picking him in the top 30, probably top 40 sneaky. So he might come cheap. He might come cheap in that last year or this, uh, this year, uh, you know, he missed roughly 15 games, for, which was like the first time in his career. He had four years straight of 79 or more games, including one, uh, an 82 game season in 2018. Um, I wonder if people suddenly will think he's injury prone uh, or I don't think he is. I like, I like Kemba still. I still, I still will draft him in the fifth or sixth round. I think he's going to yeah. be good for like 18 and five next year. I, I just, you know, I Jamal, the Jamal Murray's and D'Angelo Russell's the guys that are trending in the other direction. Uh, those are the guys I'm going to draft over Kemba Walker. Well, it's to our, to our point before the Murray debate where we were like, boy, the helium's going to be huge on Murray after these playoffs. I think 
the flip will be true for Walker, where a lot of people right. are going to be overly down on Walker due to these playoffs and forget that he can dominate during the regular season. And frankly, yeah. Kemba has not that much more playoff experience than Michael Porter. Remember how those awful Charlotte teams he was right. with. This is his yeah. first Eastern Conference final. And I, I honestly, the whole bubble, I don't know. How much does bubble play going to translate to returning to a normal situation, hopefully next year? I don't know. All right. So this year, like I said, Kemba 20 and five age 30 season. Mm-hmm. And then you have Jamal Murray age 22 season, uh, basically 19, 19, four and five. I mean, you're, you're yeah. taking Jamal Murray over Kemba Walker and sure. drafts next, but that's, that was going to happen. Yeah, definitely. definitely. They're, they're just like the, the amount of things working against Walker in terms of like what people look at for drafts, whether they're completely justified or not. It's again, a short point guard turning 30 coming off an injury Yeah, on a team a where the younger players team. are. Yeah. yeah. The younger players are vaulting up. Yeah. I mean, just like three weeks ago, I said, I was saying how I'm down on Jalen Brown long-term because I don't think he's going to ever be, you know, a top two option for the Celtics. Well, I am eating my hat today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it didn't take right. long for me to be completely wrong about that. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm it's conceding the, theme of the podcast. Yeah, you know, I'm conceding here. Like Jalen Brown's already leapfrogged Kemba Walker. So yeah. I, I actually wish Brown would be a little more selfish. Frankly, he needs to become a better dribbler. I think before he can really like take over. But yeah. He's a good dancer. I've seen some of his uh, TikToks and tweets and stuff. <laughs> Are you on the TikTok? Shannon? No, I don't even know what that is. Ken. <laughs> uh, okay, well, who, we got. Who is, so wait, oh, who's my down? Did we get to my down? <laughs> no, that's where we're going. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm not supposed to introduce myself. Sorry. That's okay. No, it's Podcast fine. That's Opa. We've only been doing this how long? Uh, anyway, oh, I'm gonna stay in Toronto. I'm down on Kyle Lowry. And it's all age discrimination, which I shouldn't do being the oldest rotowire person. But uh, I've generally loved Kyle Lowry, but he's going to be 34 years old next season. He's had two straight seasons of field goal percentage below 42%. I'm assuming there's no Freddie Van Vliet next to him. So I think his turnovers are going to creep up. I think his field goal percentage, because he'll be taking more shots, will also creep down. Uh, Maybe I'm a year too early on this. Maybe people will be down on Lowry anyway. But uh, I've got concerns about Kyle Lowry heading into next season. So in 2016, 2017, the year Kyle Lowry averaged a career high 22 and a half points per game is also his career high shooting percentage of 46 and a half percent. He is more efficient. The more shots he takes, Ooh, <laughs> he's like, like a like superhero, a, like a good running back, like a, like yeah. a bell cow running back coming in the fourth quarter, grinding it's you like, down. It, yeah, you know, it, it's the, 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 you're better facing a pitcher the third time than you are the first two. I, I don't know. I'm trying. All right. Okay. Kyle Lowry. I, I actually disagree, Ken, because okay. he has evolved. He has changed his game. He's got that old man. Those old yes. man moves down pat. Now he plays he's like a, charge. you know, he, he plays like a, a, a much better version of Andre Miller or, or the numerous point guards that, that we watched in the eighties. Oh, and I that. love it. I love it. Remember Andre I Miller in those light blue Cavalier uniforms, the, like the light blue streaks. I was living in Cleveland when Miller was playing. 
I have a, I have an Andrew Miller bobblehead sponsored by Stouffer's when I worked for Stouffer's. <laughs> sponsored by Stouffer's. Yeah. I, no, I, I, I really do. If, especially if, if Van Fleet weaves Toronto, I, there are more I shots. love Lowry next year. I, I think I love him as a fantasy option if that happens. Because who's their Lowry, sh- who's their shooting guard if Van Vliet leaves? Norman Powell oh, time, baby. I, he's not Vinny Johnson. They're not, <laughs> don't they want to leave him on the bench? That's you Powell, know, Powell would be the weirdest twenty points a game in the league if that happened. And never insult Vinny Johnson like that again. Yeah. <laughs> Slap you! <laughs> you just talked about how much you love Norman Powell, and then you no, get no. my no. compliment. I I said it's Norman Powell time. I didn't say Norman Powell is better or Vinny Johnson. Is, Vinny so Johnson comp. There's no think, You don't think Terrence Davis <sighs> could be a starter for them? I oh, could be. They could always put Norman Powell on the bench for the for the spark. Yeah, I just I when you look at what Lowry went from 14 points per game when they had Kawhi up to 19 this year, you know if they if they lose Fred Van Fleet, he's going to have to you know carry a heavier load. So I you know I wouldn't be surprised if he averages 18 or 19 points per game again. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know that he's necessarily I hope you're down. True. Honestly, I love yeah, I don't, Kyle. I, I know you're, right. you're going to draft him. You're you draft every <laughs> 30 plus year old him. point guard you draft every year. <laughs> so you're going to have him on your team. I draft Andrew Miller if he was available. Yeah, Ken consistently with the oldest fantasy team. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> because there's a bias, age discrimination. Drafted so you're Kyle part of that though in 12th round. I don't get as obsessed with who's this year rookie star that like most fantasy guys do. Too many fantasy guys are just obsessed about the draft. Yeah, as I as I do more leagues, I just find myself wanting to go with the guys who have been on the same team for a while where I know their roles. I don't take risks on rookies, guys switching teams I'm not as interested in. Like so boring. I'm just like, give me Damian Lillard, give me, you know, give me like Brad Beal, uh, give me Middleton. Stuff like that. The unknown is the exciting. I know. know. Hey, we got to bring up. There's one name. I'm going back to Shannon's notes. There's one name I think we need to discuss, which is what happens with Russell Westbrook next year. It's tough. I mean, I'm assuming he's, if you have a draft today, I'm assuming he goes in the second round, probably early to mid second round. Huge spike in his field goal percentage went up, up to 47%. Last he, year, which is he had impressed. He had a better fantasy season than Giannis, I think, technically. So keep that in mind. But yeah, he he just stopped shooting as many threes, and that brought his field goal percentage up. Yeah, and uh, he was fourteenth on a per game basis. Have the Rockets hired a coach yet? No, it's Ooh, it's tough for me because I feel like that part of it was D'Antoni did a good job, kind of yeah. uncorking a more efficient Westbrook. They made, know, their they made him their center. They made him their center on offense. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, exactly. But do you think and with I, that roster, though, does the next coach even have an option to do anything but the D'Antoni offense? You know, he's not going to, you know, the new guy's not going to say, let's slow this down and post things up. If they don't, yeah, if they don't make personnel changes, you, you have to do something along those lines. That was my question as well, where it's like this roster is so clearly, it was, it was built for D'Antoni. So when Dan Tony's gone, it's tough. I don't know what you do. Do you just try well, to take the ball? Well, there must be Dan Tony's disciples. 
they're just going to hire some D'Antoni disciple, right? Somebody off the same coaching tree. I don't know who that Poss- is. I don't. Yeah, possibly. I, I don't think I would be able to select Westbrook in the second round. I don't, I don't not foresee, the second round. Really? I don't foresee that happening. Um, I'm not saying it's the wrong thing to do. Um, he's I old too. So he's in his thirties now. So that's perfect for me. I mean, he averaged, he averaged 27, eight and seven this year, you know, one point six steals. Yeah. Um, I, I won't be able to resist that. I will not be able to resist that. I'll be second round in every draft. If I can, I, as break much this as tie. break this tie as, as much as I am down on Westbrook as a player in general, as a winning player, I would draft him in the second round. Well, yeah, you look at other guys going in the second round. It's like, okay, Ben Simmons, do, do you know what you would pay? How many, how many limbs would you chop off if Ben Simmons <laughs> went 27, eight and seven next year? Right? Like that would right. be amazing. That's be amazing. what Westbrook did. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you're going to have a toss up between Westbrook and Simmons I guess I'm arguing for Westbrook, even though I I'm hesitant. I guess what I, I what I'm actually saying is I'm not taking Westbrook or Simmons in the second round. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I would yeah. I they're both both of those guys are really high floor guys, and uh, that's fine with me in the second round. Just give me a high floor pseudo star. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, do you? I see you also have Eric Bledsoe on your list. Do you want to talk about that, or is that kind of self explanatory? I think it's somewhat self. Yeah, I think it's somewhat a tradition here on the pod. It is. (laughs) It's somewhat self-explanatory. You know, if if what if again, I think he's lower than this now. But if he went in a draft, if he did a draft back in like April, he probably would have went in the fifth or sixth round. Um, There's no way. There's no way I'm taking him in the fifth round. Uh, I mean, he probably has to drop for to like the seventh round for me to take him. Uh, I, I just I think if he stays in Milwaukee. Uh, I don't see it getting better. I see him uh, regressing. Uh, if he moves to a different team, though, he could he could actually be a better overall fantasy player. Sixty sixth this season on a per game basis. I'm with you. I don't think that's getting better, and I don't think any team is interested in him. <laughs> so that's kind of kind of is what it is. It is interesting. Like even a team, you know, even like my Pistons. I I, I think well, would the Pistons rather have Derrick Rose or Eric Bledsoe? And it may sound silly, but I honestly think they would rather have Derrick Rose. I would rather have Derrick Rose if I was Milwaukee. And there you go. But really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. When's the last time D Rose had to play meaningful defense? I mean, the thing is Bledsoe's, I know Bledsoe's defense is good, but it's not so good that it makes up for his garbage offense. I, I hear you. And we've, we've said that before, but I don't D Rose hasn't had to play defense playoffs, defense in years, right? Like, yeah, I think part of his stats are, yeah, he's this gets all these minutes on terrible teams, you know, and I'm always biased against the Harvey grants that we discussed. We're, we're not, we're not hyping up Derek Rose here, Ken. We're, <laughs> okay. we're totally muting Eric Bledsoe. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. kind of, we're just blas- Bledsoe, Bledsoe bashing yeah. a yes. fantastic yes. tradition here on the, <laughs> uh, last time Derrick Rose played in a second round playoff series was 2015 with the Bulls. Uh, he also made the playoffs in 2017, 18 with Minnesota. I don't think those uh, are ready for playoff defense, but anyway, no, I don't think so either. Uh, okay. We have no, we have no Friday fan duel today, but I at least want to ask you guys 
about game five tonight, Boston versus Miami. The spread is Celtics three and a half. It's been at least three in favor of Boston since game two. These what games is, are so close. How you expect Boston to win by four is beyond me. Even I wouldn't take that. That is, that is how I have felt every single game in the series. It's how I continue to even feel for the Nuggets Lakers series, where all this spread, like the spread for Celtics uh, Heat, has been three the whole time. I don't think the Celtics are three points better than the Heat. I'm just going to take the points always yeah. with Miami. Same with Nuggets Lakers. Don't think the Lakers are six points, seven points better than the Nuggets. I always take the points of the Nuggets. Um, so are you on Ken? Are you on, you're on Miami three plus three and a half then, but I am. I'm on Boston to win, but if they win, it's going to be by one point and maybe they finally get lucky at the end instead of the heat. That's a bet that is certainly possible. Um, okay. So your last old man rant of the season, Ken, You know what chaps my britches? Old people not getting colonoscopies. Actual colon cancer is way worse than the test, which I just had yesterday. Was it fun? No. Did the pre-procedure medicine make me spew ass pee for 12 hours prior to the procedure? Yes. Did it cost me removing DJ Shark from my fantasy football lineups yesterday? Yes. But you're doing your loved ones a disservice if you ignore colon cancer. It's the second leading cause of cancer death in the United States, but it's one of the few cancers we can prevent with testing and early polyp removal. The test can also find other solvable bowel problems. And all jokes aside, it's pretty easy. Plus, it's so freaky to your coworkers, no one will complain about you taking the day off. When you hit 50, get the test. Ah. I've had a couple. Uh, it's not. A, I mean, do you remember it all, Ken? The, the, when you're on the table? And no, I woke up. I woke yes. up and they were about 90% done. Yeah. Could you feel it inside? I could feel you. I could. You I don't could, feel it inside. Yeah. You feel it on the rim. If we oh. want to get really detailed. All right. I could feel it inside. I like, I, you know, you're so hazy and, and drugged up, but I, I remember the feeling of it. Like inside, and, you could feel yeah. it inside. I, well, it's like so I said, you're really hazy, but I, I could feel it. It uh, was the most awkward feeling. In the the amount of tran- tranquilizers you need to put Shannon down. It's unbelievable. <laughs> they had these rhinoceros dart guns. They were just shooting at them from yeah. close range. <laughs> Cause they do say, they do say, uh, before they ask how much you drink and if you've used recreational drugs and the nurse goes, I'm not prying. We just need this as part of the knowing how much yeah. to sedate you. And I was like, Ooh, do I be honest about my drinking here? And yeah, of course, you give them the, you give them the answer and they're like, all right, bring in the double, bring in the extra part. Right, right, right. <laughs> they actually I'm, I'm offer dead. you a bourbon beforehand. They're like, take this. <laughs> I should have had a flask. Well, if this flask is the indication, I'll be self-medicating. <laughs> okay. Mispronounced names. Uh, was it Van Fleet versus a Van Vliet issue? Dan I, I'll never say Van Fleet yeah. with an F. When it I will always call it Van Fleet. Yeah. Was there like an airline or something that used to be called Van Fleet? Oh, oh it's that the truck, the truck service that's Van Fleet. 
Vleet it's just no. I mean the only B word the only B word that I routinely say is like Velveeta. That's yeah. not the only no. B word I regularly say. <laughs> oh, <laughs> One other B word comes to mind oh. we won't bring up here in the pod. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I I can't transition out of that. So I'm going to go. Thank you, everybody. I'm just going to read, just read the prompt. Just read the script. Thank you everybody for joining us on the Rotowire fantasy basketball podcast presented by prediction strike. That is promo code Rotowire. Ken, take us out of here. Well, Hey, before the out quote, Shannon, and then Alex, is there anything you want to say to our fans since this is our last pod until next season? Thanks. I guess. Uh, no, well, yeah, we'll, we'll return, uh, you know, a month or so before the next season tips off whenever that is. And, and we'll have a lot of good, uh, draft prep for you at that time. Alex, this probably isn't your last pod, right? You're going to do one midweek with, uh, Nick probably finals. Yeah. Nick and I are pretty steady midweek. We also, so we upload a podcast on Wednesdays that also airs on Tuesday mornings on dash radio. So feel free to listen to that. And you'll be doing, well. will, you and, will you and Nick be doing weekly pods throughout the off season? Yeah. I mean, we're, we'll at least double up that dash radio hit as a pod. So we should be once a week. That's, that's the plan. Uh, so, so we won't listeners. The Rotowire Wire fantasy basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Rotowire Wire fantasy basketball podcast will not lay entirely dormant for six months. Well, and as I said at the beginning, if you've been with Shannon and I and, and Alex for this long, God bless you. Man, you are a very tolerant, patient person. Anyway, farewell for the season. We're going to go to Denver for today's out quote, where last year coach Mike Malone at the All-Star game last year said to Team LeBron, quote, I'll let you go watch the J. Cole concert if you all get your ass back on transition. Attention, passengers. This three-car fantasy train wreck has hit the end of the season's line. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.